Hi there, Culture Gab Fest listeners. Julia Turner here. We wanted to share with you a very special episode of one of our favorite Slate sister shows, Represent, with friend of the podcast, Aisha Harris. It's her fall TV roundtable discussing representation in this season's new and returning shows. It's a great discussion, so I hope you'll enjoy it here. And uh, check out Represent in its own feed. Search for Represent wherever you get your podcasts to listen to new episodes each week. The following podcast contains explicit language. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Represent. This is Aisha Harris. I'm your host. And on this week's episode, we're going to be talking about the fall TV season. I guess it's kind of weird to say that there's a fall TV season because now there's just TV all the time. But (laughs) for the networks, at least, and for a lot of returning shows, even on the cable networks, there is a still sort of a fall TV season that exists. And I wanted to talk about it with some friends of mine. And some of you will remember a couple of these folks. We have Alex Jung from Vulture. Welcome back. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) And Tiffany Vazquez, one of the uh, TCM hosts for Saturday afternoon. Welcome back, Tiffany. Thank you. Always good to be here. Yes. And joining us for the first time from Austin is Jacqueline Coley, a writer and producer with Black Girl Nerds. Welcome, Jacqueline. Hey, thanks for having me. So we have a fun quiz in our predictions ahead. But first, let's briefly look back at some of the trends we've seen over the past year in TV. So, Jacqueline, let's actually start with you. What current TV trend do you hope will either continue living or you'd rather see die a slow and painful death (laughs) in this upcoming TV season? Well, this is one that I know the Internet is kind of like divided on, but it's also something that I think we do need to talk about, which is that we have had this great movement recently of including a lot of Black women into the narrative. I mean, there's been some race-bent roles, and we've definitely had more, you know, when you look at Zendaya and uh, Spider-Man and the way they kind of dealt with that MJ thing, which I think is great and awesome. And then you have Amandala, and you have all of these great, I feel like, sec- new generation of African or multiracial women who are sort of representing us in Hollywood. But I think there's something that isn't necessarily discussed or talked about, and that is this idea of colorism in the casting of Black women in Hollywood. Because um, as much, it's not to say that colorism like dilutes your blackness. That is not what I'm trying to say by any means. But there is this idea that it seems like Hollywood is only okay with casting black women, especially if they're going to have a romantic lead that is of a different race than them, that they have to be of a certain ethnic makeup like they have to have these european beauty ideals for them to feel comfortable making them a love interest and it's the one of the reasons why one of the films that i'm most excited to see is black panther because not only is this a 90 percent african an african-american cast or british american a british african cast it's a cast where the melanin is just so deep like they these are actors that have african looking features and characteristics. And I think there's something to be said for the Dora Milaje being beautiful Black women of a certain skin tone. Nothing against Tessa and all those women that I just named, but there is something to be said for the ideals that Hollywood is sort of portraying and reflecting upon us. I do think one show that sort of reflects what you're talking about is Queen Sugar. I think that, Mm -hmm. I mean, just the way that show is shot with yeah. especially Rutina Wesley and her beautiful deep brown skin and 
the cinematography on that show and the lighting on that show uh, is just really, really well done. Same with Insecure. I mean, there was that really yeah. great mm-hmm. Mike piece uh, that sort of investigated the way the ways in which uh, you can light people of color, especially people of color who have darker skin, uh, that I encourage people to check out. And we can put a link to that in the show notes. But it's I, I, I agree with you. And I hope that that's we see that trend really continue. Yeah. And I just realized I didn't give any of my television examples. I was going to go into Into the Badlands and a whole bunch of other ones. Oh, you totally can. You should. (laughs) Yeah, I was just going to say, too, I mean, this is something that we see. Even, you know, Sonequa Martin-Green, who's gorgeous, um, but there's just a certain beauty ideal that they seem to be okay with right now that I feel like we need to move past. And you're right, Insecure does a great job of that. And Queen Sugar does an amazing job of showing difference. I think it's more on the mainstream television that I'm seeing this trend not being sort of embraced as highly. Yeah, yeah. Alex, yes. what what is the thing you hope to either live or die? Uh, because I'm a negative person, uh, I would like a trend to die, which is mostly just reboots. <laughs> yes. Because uh, I'm really <laughs> over them. And I'm also, I mean... I think there's a there's a few things we can look at in general, right? Which is first the question of like what '90s nostalgia is actually being rebooted, mm-hmm. right? It's Full House, X Files, Roseanne. What do these things have in common? White people, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like what '90s IP is not being rebooted, mm-hmm. and what is being rebooted? Which uh, I think like that is very clear. Like who's no- when we talk about nostalgia, it's like who's nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, I'm just not into reboots in general. Um, oftentimes, because I think that they're motivated more by capital or like a desire for a cash grab uh, and and a surefire hit than it is something that's uh, actually creative or coming from like a creative place of wanting to say like, oh, I think there's something to be done with this show right now. And I think the the that's why Twin Peaks was a successful reboot or revival, whatever word you want to use, mm. um, because of that. Because I think David Lynch had a very specific idea of what he wanted to do that was very different from what the show what the show originally was. Whereas Will and Grace is to me a reboot that is kind of the same exact show. And I think you have to ask yourself a, why was this done? And also, is this actually what we need right now? Is this the kind of representation that we need right now? Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about these, these, especially these 90s shows that you mentioned, besides them all being white, these are shows that, like, went on for years right. and then ended. <laughs> it's not like it was something that was truncated. Like, even Twin Peaks was only two episodes, or two seasons right. the first time around. Right. Whereas, you know, something like Full House was on for, like, something like nine seasons. Yeah. And th- there's there's no... It, Mary-Kate and Ashley there have said no, no so right. why do we... Why? Right. <laughs> um, I, I think it's, it's interesting because, especially... They they keep talking. They keep asking fresh like the Fresh Prince cast like when you guys is there a reboot like is this going to happen? I've I've seen uh, Family Matters thrown around a bit uh, that sort of thing. And part of me is like, well, maybe that'll be truly quality when finally they're rebooting even the black shows that <laughs> that were the '90s hits back then. Um, but then, mm-hmm. like you, I'm also just kind of sick of it, and I'm like, right. just make them all go right. right. Plus, you can't do Fresh Prince without James Avery, right? 
I know. Right. And which Aunt Viv do you get? Right. Because like, that's like Hatfields and McCoys. That's like, you know, <laughs> DC or Marvel at this point <laughs> to say which one you like better. Well, obviously, to go back to colorism, we go to, <laughs> I would choose the dark <laughs> on Viv. <laughs> Oh, not right. just not just because of that, though, obviously, actually not even because of that. It's mostly because she was just the far superior on Viv. And part of it is also just like seasons four through six of Fresh Prince. While they had some moments, were just not as good overall as seasons one through three. That's my thought. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tiffany, what about you? Every TV show, I mean, give or take a few, but it feels like almost every TV show is just uh, going along with this trend of, you know, wokeness, like they're doing their own version of it. And a lot of times it works. Sometimes it does not work. And so I'm just more hesitant to the fact of, of some people um, putting in social justice issues just for the sake of doing it mm-hmm. because they know it's just a hot topic to do so. And um, and I'm just interested to see where it goes from that or, or these are these are issues where people's lives are actually at stake, so it feels incredibly hurtful when it's mistreated. Uh, but then at the same time, how bad is it if it's actually just putting it into the conversation anyway? Like if if it's a way to normalize uh, this highly politicized environment, then maybe it's not the worst thing. One thing uh, that does come to mind in terms of just uh, representation in general, especially with like Latinx communities, is I just never see people really talk about a lot of issues in the Latinx community. And then when I saw it bringing, being brought up in Insecure, I was really interested to see where they would go for it, with it because for a long time, Issa's character was sort of ignoring um, the racism by the principal against the Mexican students there. Right. And, and she was just ignoring the issue. And, and I was really interested to see how it would be addressed eventually. And, and I... And I still think it's something that needs to really be unfurled next season. Yeah. But at the same time, and and that's great that they address that, but there are so many other shows where I just don't see any sort of addressing of this issue of of Latinx in general, um, especially... It's it's an ethnicity, so there's no... I don't see any conversations of, like, how wide the scope is of the Latino community. And there are... There are Afro Latinos. There are mm-hmm. like there are white Latinos, and and it's never really talked about. And and I don't know why. Like, where are we? When are we going to have this conversation? So, in terms of all these um, just normalizing social justice issues and and bringing a lot of conversations of race and ethnicity to the forefront, I'd like to see more of that. Yeah, it, it's interesting. I feel like the closest we've come this year, at least that I can recall, is. One day at a time, which I was a big fan of, and we've we've had both the creator uh, Gloria Calderon mm-hmm. uh, Colette and uh, Rita Moreno on, and you know I feel like that was a show that was trying to get at the conversations that are happening amongst the Latinx community, and especially amongst the different generations, and and they had sort of had the immigration uh, conversation. And then Jane the Virgin, like, sort of touches on immigration, but and, and it became a bigger part of the storyline this past season. But, mm-hmm. like, I still feel like their main goal, and it's not a bad one. Like, I feel like this is, I don't want to compare it to The Cosby Show, but I feel like in a way they're kind of like, we want to just show 
them living their lives and not directly addressing these things all the time. Right. Like, you know, they, I don't want the burden. The, yeah, they're they're taking on a lot. Yeah. They definitely address a lot in Jane the Virgin. And, and I, I love that they do that. So I get it at the same time. They're like, well, how many are we like? We also have to have a show and a narrative and we have to show a person's life. And, right. So I, I get that. But there is, uh, you know, this thing about performative wokeness on mm-hmm. TV is something that I have been thinking about a lot because I've been noticing it. Um, I don't know if you've watched The Bold Type. No. I still need mm-hmm. to catch up with that. <laughs> Jacqueline, have you seen it? Yeah, we, um, well, I feel bad now because we interviewed the cast and I had such high hopes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's interesting, uh, especially how I think they treat the queer Muslim woman uh, who's a character mm-hmm. on the show as a love interest type um she you don't even know what country she's from right so mm-hmm. but but she's used as a vehicle for talking about things like islamophobia and uh the politics around uh our relationship to the middle east mm-hmm. but they they literally configure her as this kind of like spooky like other character and you're like where is she from what are the actual politics of this you know like it's it's written in a way as to just elide it and just really say like oh like we're talking about issues right now and that's how it really feels like whereas like other storylines like about like getting trolled by men on twitter like was a much better and finely written story Mm. that was attentive to those politics whereas that was specific in a way that felt real i think my problem is that not like should you address issues or not because obviously they impact our lives every day and a constantly but are you is who's writing these stories are they written in a way that are vivid and true and authentic or are they just a way for you to pretend like you're woke Mm -hmm. yeah it feels sort of like law and ordery right where they (laughs) just in law and order they ripped it from the headlines (laughs) they devote one episode or one character to like that that one vision that they have for uh, getting their their thoughts out about being woke right. or be, like it, it, basically a lot of the things that uh, dear white people sort of lampooned. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. It's funny because I was thinking about choosing something along those lines. But I was like, I'm trying to think of all these examples of that. Right. Um, and it's hard. It's hard because I feel like there's so many examples, but then I can't remember them all. I have one on the positive tip. Like, I know you're probably going to go back, but I was going to I was debating between this one and the one that I chose. And it, it talks about ableness and dealing with people that sort of like there's been a lot of shows recently uh speechless on abc where they are dealing better i think with um the difference between able-bodied people versus disabled folks and people that have different basically sort of ways that they navigate through life and i think that if there's one place where i feel they're doing maybe a better job although again I think about that coming from an able-bodied person looking on the outside. Like, I don't feel like they tokenize these characters as much anymore. I feel like they actually make attempts to give them a narrative and a real-life sort of existence as characters. And I, I'm, I'm liking that trend a little bit more. And I, I mean, it's crazy to think that we have, you know, lead characters who are not able-bodied actors pretending to be something, but actually, you know, these folks that have dealt with this. Yeah, I think in the in the case of um, atypical, it was actually the lead character is not played by an autistic. Uh, actually, yeah, actually not on atypical, person. not on atypical, but on the on speechless, yeah, speechless, yeah, speechless, yes, yeah. for sure. So for my my choice is a uh, is a plus, and it kind of kicks uh, it 
it kind of uh, branches off of your your thoughts, Stephanie, which is I'm I'm very curious to see. I know there are a few comedies being developed about the um, immigrant or undocumented immigrant experience that are popping up. One of them, Gina Rodriguez of Jane the Virgin, is actually, I think she's either developing or executive producing, right. something along those lines. Uh, there's a, another show that Fox is developing um, that is based on Diane Guerrero's uh, memoir. And mm-hmm. Diane Guerrero, I, I love her. She's also in Jane the Virgin. Yep. She plays her one of Lena. her best friends, Lena. But she's also in, known Orange. for Orange is the New Black. And so you have that. There's a third one that was recently announced that I'm a little more hesitant about, but there's not a lot that's been said about it yet. It's called Sanctuary Fam- Family. And it's being developed by one of the writers of New Girl, which immediately makes me a little concerned. <laughs> um, mm. <laughs> it, it, David Feeney actually is his name. And he's also, in addition to New Girl, done shows uh, written for According to Jim and Two Broke Girls, which makes me even more concerned. <laughs> mm. uh, so, but. Rightfully. Yes, yes. The premise of this show. And who knows, like, I don't, it's not clear whether it'll be an undocumented immigrant who is actually Latinx or if mm-hmm. it's a different kind of undocumented, who knows, it could be a European, yeah. whatever. Uh, but the premise is that a, and, I, and I'm reading from a variety, variety's announcement of it, um, it follows a hard-bitten husband and empathetic wife who butt heads over the chaos created when they provide sanctuary for their undocumented nanny and her family. So... Who knows? It could, it could go many ways. It could be good. It could be <laughs> yeah. not good. Uh, but I do think it's just crazy to me that we this is such a huge issue and it's taken so long for this to finally become a quote unquote trend right. in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, other shows have touched on it. Obviously, we mentioned Jane the Virgin. Uh, I believe Fresh Off the Boat has as well. But like to some extent or at least the immigrant ex- uh, experience. But I think coming at it from this specific angle is something that like is usually relegated to like one episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's usually just an offhand character or or yeah, one episode. Yeah. You know, so someone in the background. Yeah. So I think I think this is a, a good trend and mm-hmm. I'm curious to see how it goes and we'll go from there. Okay. So I want to move into a more fun part of the show. Not that this isn't fun. It's fun, right? <laughs> <laughs> Woo, it's Friday morning. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I have a little quiz. Uh, Tiffany and Alex have taken a quiz before. Listeners may remember the end of the year last year, we did a fun sort of uh, recap of the year quiz that I think Tiffany did really bad at. I did very, <laughs> very poorly. This one, this I one. I love quizzes. Yeah. <laughs> this one will be, I think, easier uh because they don't necessarily mean like you don't have to have seen the show yeah we'll see yeah (laughs) we'll see so Jacqueline you have never taken a quiz of mine before I promise you it will not be too difficult I'm well hoping that I pass at least (laughs) (laughs) well I don't know what the prize is but it doesn't matter the the prize will be (laughs) Your your dignity, I guess. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, Jacqueline, actually, why don't you go first? So, this is my first question for you. Okay. So, and this is actually probably very easy. Uh, Grey's Anatomy is entering its 14th season. <laughs> the show is still on the air. Uh, <laughs> and only four original main cast members from season one still remain. Which one of the following characters isn't still at Grace? Gray Sloan or whatever the hospital is called these days. It's gone through many different names. Uh, A, Meredith Gray. B, 
Miranda Bailey, or C, Derek Shepard, a.k.a. McDreamy. Oh, R.I.P. McDreamy. <laughs> I had a feeling that would be really, really easy. But uh, yes, Derek Shepard is not on this, this uh, Grey's Anatomy anymore. He, like most Shonda characters, was killed off. <laughs> he couldn't just leave. <laughs> he had to be ceremoniously uh, killed in, I think it was a car... Or a car explosion? A car accident. I think a, he was like fixing a car on the side of the road and another car hit his yeah. head. Yeah. Something <laughs> yeah, that's like right. that. That's right. She was mad. I'm thinking of the, the ferry phone call. Remember that? Where he like left her the message when he was riding on the ferry. He's like, I love you. And she like wouldn't listen to it. Yeah. I was destroyed by Shonda on several occasions. And this is definitely one of them. Like that woman hates her fans in some ways. Yeah. I, I was still watching Grey's at that point. And I was just like, really? Really? Couldn't they just get divorced? I, I mean, I guess that would be maybe more devastating. But like, geez, like, he, did he have to die? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. I guess so. He will never come back now. At least not in corporeal form. Right. He'll come back as a ghost. Right. <laughs> Maybe they'll have sex. <laughs> Just like Izzy. <laughs> Maybe they'll do like, like a Denny. ghost scene, only he'll guide her through <laughs> surgery. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> That's actually an excellent idea. I yes. think you should take it, Shonda. Yeah, I was just thinking that. We'll go ahead and write it for Shonda. They might have. Awesome. Who knows? I, I didn't watch this last season, so they might have done it already. I feel like I would have known if they did something Yeah, like I, I think I would have read those tweets. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. All right, Tiffany, uh, here's your question. Which of these lines was not said by Alana Glazer in the season four premiere of Broad City? Oh, wow. That's hard. <laughs> Season four. That's this, that this, this most recent. Okay. Yes, most recent. A, don't even worry about it. I'm just a silly, upper, middle-class NYU bitch. I wouldn't take money from you. B, yes, queen. <laughs> or C, oh, my God, we should press our breasts into it. Which one of those was said by her? Wasn't. Oh, was not. I feel like that first one was said in a different episode. But it could also have been said in this episode, too. It's when uh, when she was, like, dancing on the subway. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, see? Is that your final answer? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's B. <laughs> oh. She did not say yes, queen, in this episode. Uh, oh, that's right, because it was so serious. <laughs> Well, I mean, sort of, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, she she did say that she wanted to press her breasts into there. They at the end of the episode, they there's a what do you call it? Wet cement, and her oh, right. her first instinct is let's uh-huh. put our breasts, press our breasts onto it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you were right about A though. A uh, was when she was in the subway mm-hmm. dancing. Yes, yeah. yes. I love that episode so yeah. much. I, I enjoyed it. It, it. it actually been a while since I'd watched Broad City, so mm. it was nice to catch up with them. I love Alana. I love her, too. Yes, yes. Now, Alex. Yes. <laughs> for your question. I'm ready. All right. So, Megan Kelly uh, has a new TV show uh-huh. where she's, like, trying to be Oprah, I guess. Like, right. she's, like, I'm done with politics. Not that Oprah hasn't done politics, but she's, like... I want to go for feelings and 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 talk about things that make us happy. Yeah, uh, she's been wa- right rightfully panned. I watched a bit of it. I was like, what what what, what is going on here? Uh, so my question to you is: So we're recording this on Friday. It is the final. Like she just completed her first week on the show, Megan mm-hmm. Kelly today. Mm-hmm. Now, who hasn't she annoyed on her show this week? <laughs> <laughs> 
A, Jane Fonda. B, Will and Grace fans. Or C, Lily Tomlin. Uh, C, Lily Tomlin. That is correct. <laughs> mm-hmm. She has indeed annoyed Jane Fonda. Yes. <laughs> which, with a... Uh, she. While she annoyed Jane Fonda, she did provide us with a wonderful gift. Oh my God, Jane's of face Jane. <laughs> is priceless. Girl. But you look amazing. Do you, do you have you? Wh- why did you say? I read that you said you felt you're not proud to admit that you've had work done. Why not? We really want to talk about that. Now? <laughs> well, one of the things people think about when they look at you is how amazing you look. Well, thanks. Good attitude. Good posture. Take care of myself. But let me tell you why I I, I love this movie that we yep. did, Our yeah. Souls at Night. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Essentially what happened was uh, Jane Fonda was uh, promoting a new movie she has out with Robert Redford, and Megyn Kelly decides to ask her, so what about your plastic surgery? <laughs> <laughs> Way like, to why? pivot, Megan. Yes. I, I want to add, too, that I just recently realized that you were the one she was referencing <laughs> about Santa Claus. Yeah. And I've been wanting to be like, oh, my God, you are my hero. Because, <laughs> like, I've seen that clip a million times and I know you. But then it like, <laughs> like when it came together, I really wanted to, like, call you up and be like, oh, my God, you made Megan Kelly lose her mind. And it's amazing. <laughs> you yes. made her say Santa Claus is white. Oh, my God, you're my hero. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Megan. Come on the show sometime. <laughs> All right. We have one more round of questions, and this one is going to be all about this. These questions are going to be all about uh, people uh, talking up their shows and about the way in which they discuss representation. Uh, so, this first one, we're going to play a clip for you, Jacqueline, and take a listen. One of the most exciting things about this show is how international it is. We go on missions across the whole globe and create a great contrast for audiences to watch, for actors to get to play. And I feel so fortunate to be in this show. It really is quite special. Were you raised Muslim, Jazz? I was raised a New Yorker. So that was a clip from of like a preview um, in which a cast member was talking about uh, the show that she's on. And one of the things that's one of the trends this this fall is military dramas. All of a sudden, we've got at least three that are being premiered on different networks. And mm-hmm. they're all sort of purporting their, their own versions of representation. So this might be a little difficult, but which new military show is this representation talking point coming from? Is it A, The Brave, NBC's show about elite undercover military heroes who go on dangerous covert missions? And the show features Anne Heche, uh, in case anyone's an Anne Heche fan. B, Valor, the CW show about army helicopter pilots who go on dangerous covert missions. Or C, <laughs> SEAL Team, CBS's show about Navy SEALs who go on dangerous covert missions. Wow. And that show stars... Such diversity. <laughs> and that show stars none other than David Boreanaz. Is that how you pronounce yes, his name? Yes. yes. Uh, of, of Bones. A- of Bones and Angel <laughs> Buffy fame. Uh, so which which show is that from, Jacqueline? Why? <laughs> <laughs> For what it's worth, I have no idea. I know, it's tough, right? <laughs> yeah, I have no idea. So, I mean, so, <laughs> I'm going to say it's not the SEAL show because the SEAL show is premiering. And so, I just feel like if it was a character who was saying like, oh, we go to the show and it's international, like, I just don't feel like Navy SEALs would be one of them. 
Man, this sucks. So what's the cho- brave? The brave and the, I'm going to go with the brave because it's the only other one I've heard of. So I'm going to go with that. All right, you are correct. Wow, wow, that was a that was a very uh, nice process of elimination. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, Valor is like the CW's attempt to get another military, oh. which is weird because they're mostly known for soapy like teen slash young teen adult dramas, dramas. Right. which. Right. I am here for. Stick to what you know. Stay in your lane, CW. Totally. Bring back Starcrossed. Yeah. <laughs> Valor right. apparently is supposed to be. They're they're touting it as different because the lead character is a woman. Is played by an actress, which I guess is that's different. It's, there's not too many military shows where you know <laughs> Alex Gaffas. <laughs> <laughs> I was eye rolling with you, Alex. Thank you. I could feel it through like, the phone line. I was I was I was trying to trying to find a silver lining there. No, no, they they all sound terrible. <laughs> I'm not going to watch them. <laughs> okay, Divini. Okay. Now, so I'm going to read this quote. Here's how I justify it. If modern women today are fighting, rightfully so, for equal pay, why can't we also have the right to fight with men? Why should we be less feminine or less less as women when we fight? That's my feminist take on why we pull each other's hair out. Guess which reboot or spinoff show this representation talking point comes from? A. Dynasty. I, I was thinking Dynasty before you said it. <laughs> B, Will and Grace. Or C, Marvel's The Runaways. I don't know, but I'm going to go with Dynasty since I thought that since the beginning. <laughs> you are correct. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, I Tiffany. got one. <laughs> You've gotten one. I'm so happy. Yeah, so there's a Dynasty reboot, yes. which I don't really know if we need since Empire exists. But yeah. <laughs> the the whole setup, I don't know if you guys have heard anything about it, but like they're definitely... honing in on like the um, representation we're trying to be more inclusive aspect they they changed one of the main characters Sammy Joe who was originally played by Heather Locklear in the original version Mm -hmm. to a gay gay male Latinx character Mm -hmm. Uh, and the stepmom who was originally played by Linda Evans Crystal uh, is being played by their their siblings they're being played by a Latinx uh, actress and then it's set in Atlanta and the rival family is black. So, okay. yeah, there's a lot going on. I saw mm. one trailer for it. I could not tell that that the um, gay brother was was Latino mm. or that the step the stepmom was like ambiguous. She's I very couldn't ambiguous. tell. I think okay. she's a she, I think the the actress who plays her is Peruvian. Okay. Uh, but mm. yeah. and they did not show the black family, I don't think in the preview. No, they did yeah, not. You don't show I was them in just preview. about to say. Okay. I want to scare yeah. them. <laughs> Speak they did. on it. It's so true. Yes. There was one black character who like pops up for a hot second. Okay. But uh, from what I've read, there's like a rival family. And it is Atlanta. So I would, I would, I better hope there better be uh, like some black people in yeah. the show. <laughs> I mean, come on. Uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm very curious about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, of course, the other options were Will and Grace, which we all know about and is now back and actually getting really surprisingly great reviews. Uh, I was just speaking to a coworker about it who said it was done very, very, very well. I have seen maybe two episodes of Will and Grace in my life, so. Yeah. I used to love it. Mm-hmm. I watched it in reruns. I don't think I ever watched it when it was, like, right. running. But The I... second episode is much better than the first, I think. Oh, okay. Of this yeah. new season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The cool. first episode I wasn't particularly into because mm. it's just about Trump jokes, and I don't think yeah. politics is the show's strong suit. Yeah. Jacqueline, have you seen Will and Grace yet, or do you care? Um, well, I do. So I was like you, I watched it in reruns. I think I like 
watched it when it came to reruns and maybe watched like the last two seasons, but I don't know. I'm I'm with you on the reboots. Like it's it's a thing. Like I'm actually really more angry about this Dynasty reboot if y'all want to talk <laughs> about it because I was very much a huge Dynasty fan. It was like a bonding thing between me and my mom and watching Diane Carroll and just Collins. It, it was just a thing, you know, and that theme song, I already know it's going to be crap because they don't have the theme song. Like I'm just upset. Like this was a Moment in time, height of 80s excess. Like, you can't have that in 2017 because all people are looking at you like, just flaunt your privilege more. Like, I don't know. I'm angry about this. Sorry. (laughs) All right. Final question. Right now, the score is at what? Uh, Jacqueline has two. Tiff has one. And Alex, you have one, maybe two. We shall see. This final question or this final quote This is a show about humanity, second chances, redemption. This isn't a black show. I want to transcend that. Black people aren't the only ones who live there. There are white people coming home from prison, too. Guess which new show starring a stand-up comedian turned actor this representation talking point comes from? Is it White Famous starring Jay Farrow? The Last OG starring Tracy Morgan? Or Ghosted, which stars Craig Robinson? Crap, I have no idea. Mm. Uh, wait, could you repeat the last part of the quote? Yeah. Um, black people aren't the only ones who live there. There are white people coming home from prison, too. Uh, let's go with Craig Robinson. Wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of glad I stumped you. You, did, you <laughs> totally stumped me. I have no idea. Yeah, so... Is it the last OG? It is the last OG. Oh. Correct, correct. Although you don't get that point. <laughs> you can have it, Jacqueline. <laughs> I don't want the point. I was just curious. I was like, yeah. I don't know. So it is the last OG, which I'm very curious about because not only does it star Tracy Morgan, mm. but it also stars Tiffany Haddish, mm-hmm. who I yes. freaking love. How and did they mess up the Carmichael show with that great cast? Sorry. Like, it still breaks my heart. I'm, like, you have Carmichael... You have her, and you have the guy from Get Out. I forget his name now, but like Lil it was Rel, like the best cast. I love saying his yes, name. Yes, Lil Lil Rel. Yeah, Lil Rel. <laughs> yes. Um, I'm I'm also very sad about the Carmichael show, but I'm also glad that I was able to like go out on top. Uh, and considering we're in reboot mode, who knows? In ten years, they might come back. Uh, <laughs> I feel like the show never got a chance, but no, it didn't. I mean, yeah. it, it no, always premiered it in weird right. times, like right. in the summer, right. or you know, and the laugh track didn't help. Uh, but yeah. yes. Uh, the last OG is the correct answer. Ghosted is a is a comedy that actually stars co-stars Adam Scott and Craig Robinson, and they're basically like playing two guys who combat paranormal forces. Oh. It's like the X Files, but funny, I guess. Oh. Yeah, it looks really mm-hmm. silly, but hey, I'm not mad at it. Maybe who knows? And White Famous, of course, uh, stars Jay Farrow, um, and the the premise as described on their website, is he's playing a a man named Floyd Mooney, a young African-American comedian who stars on the rise. But the path to stardom is a minefield that Floyd must navigate to maintain his credibility while attempting to become, quote-unquote, white famous. Uh, I imagine that's similar to, like, uh, what is it, Get That Friends Money from Master Mm -hmm. of None, like, Make That Friends Money. That Friends Money. Yeah. So, for the final part of our Fall TV Roundtable, I asked y'all ahead of time to come with one show, actor, or creator you're rooting for in this coming season. And my pick was a little a little under the radar, I think, but I'll go last. 
So let's start with Tiffany. Okay. <laughs> rooting for, I think I'm more just really, really interested in and to see where, the, where this goes. But I am rooting for everything David Diggs touches or does ever in life. Mm. So I'm interested in the mayor. Oh, I'm so glad I didn't choose that because I almost did. <laughs> you almost did? Okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it's it's premiering soon and it uh, stars Yvette Nicole Brown Love from her. Community and Leah Michelle from a lot of things Ryan Murphy has done. Yes. <laughs> and uh, Brandon Michael Hall, he plays... A rapper who's not really getting the fan base that he wants, so he decides to run for mayor of the town. I don't even remember what town. I think they're in California. Are they okay? Somewhere, yeah. And ends up winning, completely not wanting to win, and then from there takes on uh, a lot of issues that he just feels passionate about. And, And I'm just really interested to see where this goes, because it could do a lot. Yeah. And I trust if he digs. So I, I want to know where where this is going to go. It kind of uh, kind of reminds me of like Blazing Saddles in a way, mm. the, plot, the plot a little bit. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but I, I, I'm also very curious about mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Yeah. And it could go either way. It could it's go either one of way. Shows. It could go Because it it's, it's, it's also, I think it's a network show. So yes. it's like network, you got to mm-hmm. be, hmm, who knows? It's a little safe. Yeah. Good choice. Uh, Alex, what about you? So mine is more of a, a show in development right now. Uh, I I just really want to see Brown Girls. Uh, I hope it's getting, yes. you know, it's a web series that's in We've development had them on. right now. Yeah. Oh, wow, that's amazing. They, they, were, they were great friends yeah. of the show. Hey, girls. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, they're in development right now at HBO. And I just hope that they're getting the support that they need. And also are figuring out uh, what the show would look like and how it would grow up and graduate to uh, like a big prestige network TV show. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm like excited and nervous and I hope it goes well. And uh, yeah, so it, that that's obviously not even something that uh, I don't think they've shot the pilot yet or they haven't announced that. But, yeah, uh, it is something that I'm like sort of keeping my eye on or being aware of uh, as they move through. Because I feel like this development process is the part that can really make or break you in yeah. a lot of ways. Hopefully, I mean, I, I, I see some promise in Insecure's ability to become insecure. Right. Um, but but they again, were also in development hell for like forever. Yeah, that's true. So, so we'll see. Yeah. yeah. And Jacqueline, what about you? So mine is obviously I write for Black Girl Nerd, so I'm going to go toward the nerdy side. But I'm really rooting for Star Trek Discovery. And I just... It's so much fun. <laughs> yes. I'm. It's on. And I feel like the show has a great place to go as like I'm always telling people, you know, I'm Trekkie over Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, like that's been the fandom that I've usually found the most acceptance. But recently, like it seems like this whole idea around the show has gotten people all riled up, but I, I just, I want the show to have a chance to do well. I feel like they got put behind the eight ball by putting it behind a paywall. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like, you know, they're going to have to do twice as much, you know, they're going to have to be twice as good to get half as much. I mean, I hate to say it like that, but mm-hmm. like, why would you put this show behind a paywall? Mm-hmm. Um, especially when it had such great ratings to kick it off. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm interested to see what happens for it. I'm rooting for Sonequa Martin-Green, the star I interviewed her at Comic-Con and she's just, she's really dedicated and she realizes what she's doing in the sense that she's representing a genre and, a, and an entire – she's making a representation within a genre that has meant so much to so many essentially black girl nerds and just black nerds in general and just diverse nerds in general. So I just – I'm really rooting for her and for that show um, 
to do well. Yeah, I, I, I must admit, I've not been a Star Trek person. I'm not either, but I watched the new, like this new reboot. Yeah, I think it's great. I, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm actually curious. I think I might check it out. Yeah. Just. I mean, I I'm sure a lot of it will go over my head because I don't know anything really about Star Trek. But but that's the, I think you're you'll be fine. Yeah, that's the sense I get. Like, like I can maybe just you don't get the in. deep cuts, but like right, whatever. I'll give it a try. Yeah. I definitely want to. I think it it does give more entryway to non Trekkie fans. In fact, that was one of the complaints that Trek fans had about <laughs> it course. is they felt that it was a little too expositional. Yeah, we we we're we're never happy. <laughs> <laughs> Let's be truthful. Um, so yeah, I am. Uh, I'm just hoping for it. But yeah, like I just feel like CBS sometimes doesn't get what they have with the t- Star Trek fans. Right. Like, so I'm gonna hope for the best. Right. And I, maybe next season we can get a, a person of color to do the after show. That's a whole nother thing that we'll talk about later. <laughs> <laughs> and my pick for what I, who I'm rooting for, is Robin Thede. Um, she is a, well, first of all, she's a Northwestern alumni, just like me, (laughs) Uh, but she also has been a writer on the nightly show with Larry Wilmore. She also, I think she became the first black woman to write for the white house correspondence dinner. And she's just an all around, like you might see her occasionally pop up on the nightly show or on these other Comedy Central related shows. And I just really like her brand of humor. Um, and she's having a night, a late night show on BET, which BET shows, uh, especially late night shows, do not have a great track record. Uh, I myself don't think I've ever actually watched a BET late night show. I also don't watch late night in general. But I'm curious about it. I want her to do well with the show. And I think her being the only black woman in late night with with this show is, is something important to have and only the second woman in late night right now mm-hmm. i don't chelsea handler doesn't really count because it's on no. netflix yeah uh so after mm-hmm. samantha b she's the second woman to have a, a major show on late night and i i hope it's good and i hope that it's funny but i also hope it's hard-hitting and can get to points that like jimmy even jim well jimmy kimmel has been surprisingly uh effective lately the voice of reason yeah yeah i mean this is this is how far we've we've gone right how far down we've <laughs> this gone this is what we've come to yeah. <laughs> look, look he what used to have women me. dancing on trampolines can we remember that when he did that or jumping on trampolines was part of his show when he first did that show the man show yeah i remember that vividly. and now this guy is like our woke ambassador <laughs> yeah no i mean look jimmy kimmel's still not funny but <laughs> At, at, when it comes to actually making, like, taking a fucking stance against all of this this crap that's happening, I got to give him props for that. Mm-hmm. But I hope that she's able to do that and be funny and, you know, from a perspective that we don't normally hear in late night. And so I'm rooting for Robin Thede. I hope the show is good. I'm going to check it out. And, yeah, we shall see. Well... I think we've, there's definitely, we did not cover everything that you could possibly cover about Fall TV, Mm -hmm. but I feel like this is a nice little preview of shows you might want to avoid (laughs) (laughs) and shows you might not have heard about, but that you might want to check out, like The Mare, I think I'm excited for. And if you want to pay for Star Trek Discovery, (laughs) you you can. Right. Uh, And yeah, thanks so much for coming on. It was a pleasure to have Jacqueline on. Hi. Jacqueline yeah, and Austin. I will have to get out there the next time I'm in New York. So. Yes, for sure. Alex, 
Thank you. Thank you. And Tiffany, it was always a pleasure to have you on. Always a pleasure. If I could just say if anyone um, would find it in their hearts to continue donating to Puerto Rico relief efforts, please do so. Uh, there are so many ways you can do it. One of them is hispanicfederation.org slash donate. It is essential. Thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Thanks for that. Yeah. And we'll give listeners your Twitter handles and all that stuff so they can follow you on Twitter and Facebook and all that stuff. And yeah, thanks guys. Thank, cool. you. Thank you so much. And scene. Represent is produced by the lovely, awesome Vera Lynn Williams. Our great social media assistant is Marissa Martinelli. And our intro-outro music is performed by the sweet San Francisco funk soul band Midtown Social. And a quick reminder that next week, Represent is coming to you live as part of the New Orleans Film Festival. And we've got a very special guest, Oscar nominee Gabourey Sidibe. You may know her as the star of Precious or Becky on Empire. And I'm geeked we get to chat with her about her latest projects. Tickets for both the festival and the individual show are on sale now at slate.com slash live. See you there.